case you just can't get rid of a bomb. Everybody, it's Will and Mrs. Thomas, and we're back at the Virtual Spinner Rack once again this week. Uh, we're going to be checking out All Star Comics issue sixty-five, the Wallywood Experience. Dude, I actually looked up like most of these are the Wallywood Experience from oh, fifty-eight on. Yes. Wow. Like, yeah, I didn't realize that. I knew fifty-eight was, but. Uh, almost all of the issues from 58 to probably 70 are Wallywood. Um, that gives me something to hunt because. Oh my God. Yeah. Those are probably like, most of them are probably just like dollar bin books. No, they're not. Are they like key issues or is it just because of him? Uh, some of it's because of him. Um, they're probably like $10 bin books. That's not not, cr not crazy, except for 58, which I don't know if we've ever covered 58, but take a while guess what 58 is. Something that I probably don't own. Um, I don't I, know one. I've been trying to get one. Oh, wait. Is, is that the first appearance of... Uh, you know who? PG. Yep. Oh, I've got one of those. You got a first PG. Yeah. I think I showed it to you. It's it's not, you know, grade worthy, but oh really? Uh, he and uh, Randy, who owns uh, Wild Time Comics in South Out of our Mass, uh, he had uh, bought like a bunch of boxes off of off of somebody one day. Yeah. And they were none of them were like in you know immaculate shape they were all like mid to low grade most of them below low grade like parts of covers missing and stuff oh yeah like that specter that i showed you that i had uh i got some old aquaman silver age books like that missing the top part of the cover mm -hmm. where they sent them back for uh credit oh yeah they, they ripped the thing off and then they you know it's in a pile if you can't afford comics here you go you can take this yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had gotten, uh, I had gotten mad off him. I think I paid like 20 bucks for that. And the, uh, the Neil Adams, uh, Batman versus Rachel Ghoul. Oh yeah. Like in, in the desert, uh, Batman's like his whole oh. tunic is gone. Uh, he's got the, he's got the cowl on and the shimitar is like stuck in the sand. So Speaking of that, since you brought it up, I don't know if you've seen it because I know you don't, you're not actively buying anything. Do you remember? Uh, well, of course, you remember, but back in the 70s, early mid 70s or something like that, they did a DC special. I think it's 24, and they did like a tabloid size. 
and it is the that first Rasha, Rachel Ghoul story where he kidnaps Robin and they fight Batman and him fight in the damn desert with is the big that, double cover. Yeah, is that the uh, was was that done as the treasury? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Hold on, let me look. Uh, Batman special series. Oh God! Well, I tell you, this this is this getting old crap is for the birds. Right. The reason I bring it up is so I'm doing my uh, comic book order, my pre-order, right? Yeah. And they have been doing, you know, Marvel and DC have been doing all these reprints. Well, they are apparently reprinting that one in full size, like the original. I'm going to show you, show it to you now. I'm, I'm getting to it. Da -da -da. And they're doing it, you know, the uh, the whole story and everything. And I was like, holy crap, why have we not heard about this? Um, but it's going to print that whole story. Yeah, here's Detective Comics. They're, they're, re they're doing a facsimile of Detective Comics 411, if you don't have one. Mm -hmm. I've got like a near mint copy. Um, I don't even want to. Well, done. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> You'd be shocked if I told you how much I paid for it. Yeah, limited edition collectors. All right, hold on. Da -da -da, share screen. Wonder Screen Powers activate. Yeah, Wonder Screen Powers. There you go. Oh, yeah. Um, back in 2019, when I got to meet him, I didn't want to spend the money for it. Yeah. But he had a chromium metal print of that. Really? How much was it? Like a hundred bucks. You signed. Could. So the, the you could have bought the print for fifty, but it's another fifty to have Neil sign it. So, which I can't do any longer because he has left us. Mm -hmm. But his daughter has so much of his stuff, and I guess he was draw he was drawing stuff like you know from the time he woke up in the morning till the time he went to bed at night, like covers and just like sketches and full color things so yeah. she's still actively on his channel over on instagram S putting stuff up selling you know selling you know auctioning stuff off and i'm like wow and that's been going on for like over a year since he's been gone so i'm like wow yeah all right so the story that's inside is um the whole book because it's 76 pages so it's actually three issues is batman 242 243 and 244. so the whole like lazarus pit the demon mm -hmm. lives again story is reprinted in here and um 
trying to get it to see. I think they're printing this big. It's going to be large. It'll be large sized. Um, I think that's what I read. Because I looked it up somewhere else because I was like, what is, you know, how much is this damn thing going to be? Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, let me go to somebody else here. Go to Third Eye. Uh, yeah, representing 76 pages of epic adventure starring the Dark Knight in equally epic giant size. It's going to be 10 by 13. Full facsimile reprinting of the Bronze Age tabloid size. So it's going to be printed the original same size, only you'll be able to get it for whatever the, that price was. That hell, dude, there are, it looks like they're already on here pre-ordered them for, oh, God, here's one for $30. Come on. Yeah, man. so it, it's probably a $20 book. Yes, yeah, um, $15, $15 here at yes, oh, it's 9 yeah. No. Um, I've actually, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I... I had a 242. Really? That's cool. The, the RIP cover, which I remember distinctly. Um, but yeah, you bringing that up, it made me think about uh, that because I saw it in the recent pre-orders and I'm like, you know, if you've never read this, that's the perfect time to get it. I've read it, but it's been years ago. I've got it in actually a couple, a couple different formats. I've got that. Uh, you remember in the mid, not mid, maybe mid late nineties, they did the complete Neil Adams Batman hardcovers by DC. Oh yeah, three volumes. I got mm -hmm. all three of those, so it's in there. And then also in the mid-90s, they did a trade paperback, and it was Tales of the Demon that were pretty much all of the Ra's al Ghul stories up until that time. Oh, yeah. They did a, a six-issue miniseries of that, like in Prestige, like in Baxter. Yeah, I yeah. That. That's like 86 or something. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I've got the 244. Do you? Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a 244. Um, I mean, um, it's not, uh, you know, it's not in spectacular shape, but it presents well. And, yeah. you know, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Yeah, that's sometimes all that, all that matters. Just, just, just like to that guy that said, can you take your teeth out? Go, well, okay, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I was thinking about that, talking about reprints and uh, trash comics, but yeah, I was looking up the All-Star Comics because I was like, man, I've got a couple of these, and I do have a handful. Um, but the Bronze Age run goes from 58 to like 75, and then it stops, mm. 76, something like that. That's the whole Bronze Age run because I'm like, oh, well, there's not many in this run. I'll be able to pick it up. I did not know until I looked that uh, starting on 57, um, 57 and before, before the Power Girl issue are all Golden yeah. Age books. Are so they? it's one of the, yes, it's one of oh, the stupid, that's why. Yeah, it's one of the stupid things that, you know, hey, we did all-star comics up until the late 40s, and then we just stopped doing them and picked it up again 
with Wally Wood and <laughs> stuck Power Girl in the first issue. It's like what? crap. Just yeah. like the very end of the original World's Finest run was awesome. Like the last few issues. Oh. It wasn't just it wasn't just Batman Superman. It was like everybody. Like, yes. Because that that ended not too long after the uh the first DC Shazam run ended. And they they had come back and you know had him guest star here and there and he was you know he was Billy Badass in that. Well the thing too of the world finest run is it's all you go back and look because I've got a bunch of those myself. It's like it's like Rich Buckler and every other episode issue. Oh yeah. I'm like, holy shit, why why are we not reading this? This is crap that people throw in the dollar box and go, oh, it's a dollar. It's not worth anything. It's not a key. It's some of the best comic reading you're going to read. Mm -hmm. And they... Mm, mm, makes me mad. But yeah, so the All-Star yep. Comics uh, was kind of threw me for a loop because I was looking and I was like, damn it. But now uh, eBay's... Uh, now that I've looked at eBay, keeps sending me links to like, oh, All-Star Comics 53. Would you be interested in it? Or not 53 or whatever. And it was like four. Buy it now for $400. And it looks oh, like 58? No, like 53. Like oh the gold, the golden age ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They look oh. like trash. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. It looks like somebody put it in a mud hole and ran over it with his four by four a couple dozen times. <laughs> yeah. And it's still four hundred dollars. <laughs> Damn it. It's not four hundred dollars. That's just what that person is asking for it. Yeah. You know, he'll flip through and see that, you know, three nine point eights just sold for four hundred dollars a piece. And even though his is beat like a redheaded stepchild, uh, he still wants the four hundred dollars. He still wants the yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. Uh, so uh, I saw something because we both backed uh, the rude dudes. Uh, last last campaign last, last campaign yeah um and we should we should have stuff last week for it and uh i got the i got the hard cover which is just you know i gotta i gotta put like a lobster bib on so i don't drool on the damn book yeah um and currently he's got he's got like uh his art book up on kickstarter yes but march 1st is uh, Thune World, which is volume two of the newspaper strips. Yes. Because that's what this is, is his new, the newspaper strips. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it going to be printed newspaper strip size? Um, no, because the uh, the one we got in, you know, it was like oversized, like magazine size. Yeah. Um, it's going to be that same size. Oh, okay. Uh, also, uh, there's another um there's another uh nexus book coming out too not by steve rude really but by the original scribe oh like baron baron yeah who's gonna be the artist um i think it's kelsey shannon uh 
now I'm going to, I'm I'm on his, I'm on Mike's Facebook page and his big you know his not his picture that you see when he comments on stuff but his page picture uh is friggin' Badger. Yeah. I think uh, I saw they're going to re-release Badger as a trade or something now. Mhm. Um, he's written, he's actually written like a couple of actual novels for both Badger and Nexus. Like one of the Nexus novels that he wrote that, uh, he still has available are like, uh, it's like 500 pages or something ridiculous. Yeah. I think I've seen the Nexus ones. I didn't know he did some Badger ones. Um, did you know that instead of groundhogs? Badgers were used to protect the weather. <laughs> really? Well, we got problems coming then. Yeah. Um, like, we don't need no stinking badgers. Yeah, he's uh he's got a bunch of stuff coming out. Um I I think he's at uh I think he's at Megacon uh this weekend down in Florida. Yeah. Uh, I want to go to Megacon, but I've just never done it. Yeah. Um Graham Nolan's got a new book uh, that he's got the sign-up sheet out for, uh, Return to Monster Island. Oh, here it is. I think I saw the Return to Monster Island book. Uh, yeah, it's been, like, going all over the place. Let me uh, pop this one in. Nexus Scourge. Huh. And, yep. Kelsey Shannon artwork, Mike Barron strip. Uh, coming out through Dark Horse. All right. Now I'm going to have to look this up. When's it come? When's the release date? Uh, there isn't one yet. It's just a, it's, it's a coming soon. Oh, I think okay. I think it's a $25 book. Oh, so it'll be like a graphic novel. Yeah, it's a graphic novel because this this is the binding for it, so it's it's pretty good size. Yeah, but Kelsey Shannon does awesome work, so no, I'd have I mean, to check it out. I mean, I don't sound terrible, but he's following the dude, so <laughs> it's not going to be the it's not going to be the dude, but <laughs> it's it's really good art. <laughs> it's not the dude scale art, <laughs> but it's really good. Yeah. Standard comic art. Not, <laughs> not really everybody good. can. Not, not everybody can do a painting of ghost uh, of space ghost, and then all, out of the blue, Alex Tothry thinks that yeah, maybe I don't hate him as much as I think I do. <laughs> maybe I hate him as much as I think I do. Oh God, dude, I love the space. We need. That's what we need to do. I've got the, you know, the. Uh, Oh my God, dude! Uh, he did it in the '80s for was it Continuity Comics? Not Continuity, uh, Capital Comics, I think it is. Mm. The maybe it's first. Damn, getting old sucks. The uh, first like Space Ghost, uh, Big Train hey, paperback. Hey man, but yeah, yeah I, I bought, I bought the. Uh, I got it for like six bucks. I got like the. The six issue miniseries that uh, Alex Ross did for Space Ghost. I got that one too. Yeah, I've got the six issue. I haven't miniseries. read it. 
I haven't either. But I bought it. <laughs> but I bought it, yeah. Because it's like, time to get around to reading this. So, talking about junk that you buy. Because, one, the price is good, and you got to get around to reading it. I yes. have actually opened them and read it. But I went to my Ollie's like two, three weeks ago in the max of all the personal crap that I've had going on. Mm -hmm. And it said retail price, $95, Ollie's price, 15. So I said, I'll buy it. This is not normal. This is, this is comics, but not normal comic books, but comics. So I got the, oh, Jesus Christ, the Celebrate Peanuts book. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I mean, who doesn't love peanuts? Yeah. Yeah. Original, well, original price is $90 by Andrew Publishing from 2021. It's two books inside a slipcase. Um, it's got a little damage, but that's why it was 15 bucks. Um, and so the, you got Celebrating Snoopy and Celebrating Peanuts. Each book is 500 and roughly 50 pages. And all the strips are printed, you know, kind of like, uh, well, all the, the Sunday ones, of course, are. Oh, okay. And they're printed pretty close to original size. The... Uh, the especially the dailies yeah um but it's broken down into sections so you, you of course you got an introduction and then you know it starts you know 1950 to 59 and then you'll skip ahead you know 60 to 69 and they give a little brief as how the characters change and then you know 70s mm-hmm and of course, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. But uh, I mean, there's five strips over there. The thing that's cool about this to me is, and I mean, I've got like some complete peanuts, like the whole decade runs. There's, mm -hmm. there's uh, Charlie Browns and such. I've still got a, I've still got like a hardcover Snoopy book that I got from like the Scholastic Book Fair when I was a little kid. Yeah. Elementary school. The thing that, that gets me on those is so you get the ones that are like the complete peanuts or or whatever. And mm -hmm. I don't want to be ugly and, and sound like I'm being sacrilegious, but not not every story or not every strip is worth rereading. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For shame. But you get something like this that's, a, that's literally a best of, and it's been curated. And this is a thousand pages, over a thousand pages. It's 1,100 pages of damn peanuts. If you cannot find, you know, your one strip in here, obviously somebody didn't think it was that damn funny. <laughs> For $15. <laughs> yes. You're going to, look, you spent 15 bucks. You're going to find at least one strip in each one of those books that you're going to love. Yeah. And well, a whole bunch that you're going to like. And the pay, the print quality and the page quality is really nice in these. This mm. thing, 
I'm not to sound like I'm that out of shape, you know, exhale like on uh, clerks. Man, you need to lift out and pick up that that gallon of milk and grunt it. But this probably weighs 10 pounds. Mm. But yeah, for I saw it and I'm like, $15, this can't be right. And I looked and yeah, list price, and it was, I thought it was 95, but it's 90. 90, our price, 15. I just bought it. I got to get back to, uh, I got to get back to the really shite ollies we have up here. Yours, you have like, like this big long aisle down the whole back of the store <laughs> that's like all comics and graphic novels from everything. Uh, I, ours is like one single six foot bookcase. I they hit, just jam everything in. Like, a oh. couple of them that I normally go to have become like that, but I hit usually about four or five different ones when I'm out of town because mm -hmm. there's there's a few staples that they carry that I go and buy at Ollie's, you know, and, and then you get cleaning supplies and all that other junk. So I always look at the comics and I mean, I mean, if it's $2 and it's a trade paperback, it's got six issues in it. I can't buy one comic for that. Hell, yeah. buy it and read it. You know, you'll get around to it. Yeah. Like I bought the, uh, and if the, not, when the apocalypse the, 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 comes, the, I can the, keep myself warm. Yeah, and then, the, oh, God. <laughs> All of a sudden, I had a flashback of Burgess Meredith breaking his glasses when he had enough time to read. <laughs> um, Just, oh, God. I'm like, can you bury me with my comics? Because I want to take them with me. <laughs> you don't take it with me? Because that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> It's gonna well, be like just, just the ones I haven't read yet. It's gonna be like on Jaws. We're gonna need a bigger hole. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, just throw me from the top of a building. My my fat ass will make a big enough hole when it when it hits. It'll be like a it'll be like Wiley e. Coyote, uh, but in the shape of the blob. <laughs> the shape of the blob. Here. Oh God. <sighs> but yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I didn't get anything. I, I got notifications that I've got a, I've got like a catch-up tier uh, for a book called Geezer. Like Heinz or uh, Hunt's? Uh, neither. You uh, said it was catch-up tier. Yeah. <laughs> like, hurry up and catch up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the book is actually about a band. The creators are from the U.K., yeah, uh, they are mailing out like all the UK and all the all the stateside books are like getting processed and, and sent out with like any, you know, any stretch goals or extras or, or whatever. So it's like back in like the 60s or 70s, it's this band geezer and like all their songs in the story, they actually wrote like they've got a band, like an original band that, that actually them? wrote songs for geezer for the book. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. And uh, they released it like on those really floppy 45s you used to get like in the cereal box in the 70s. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The real like thin ones? Back, yeah, the, the real thin ones. Uh, I, and you could only play once, <laughs> maybe twice. Um, I had one that I played a ton of times 
And uh, my mother used to have to unplug the phone and remove it from the house because I would call people up on the phone and say, you got to listen to this. It was the entire Who's On First record. It was a mail-away thing. But I love I love Abbott and Costello still, but I loved them when I was a kid. And I thought it was like, the, you know, the great. It's like, yeah, I like the Three Stooges. But Dude, Abbott Stooges, and Costello. I don't, I don't know now. I, I, would, I would have to argue. I think if, I like the Three Stooges better than Abbott and Costello. But I used to see like all the, all the, uh, all like the, you know, Abbott and Costello meet the mummy, meet this monster, meet that monster. Those were great. Yeah, they did a million of those. Speaking of millions, uh, Kickstarter of the week is uh, the 30th anniversary Disney Gargoyles collection are here. Uh, there's 11 days to go on this. They've got 2,830 backers, and they've already raised almost a half a million dollars. Really? That's uh, crazy. The price on this is the price on some of these books are ridiculous because like some of them are hardcover. Uh, you'll see in the video, there's like, you know, it's like gold leaf, you know, gold leaf paper and, uh, you know, ribbons in them and the, the metallic pressed corners and uh, signs. And, oh. So let's uh, let's check out the video. Hi. I'm Greg Weissman, the creator of Disney's Gargoyles. In 1991, my team and I began crafting a unique new comedy adventure series about a clan of medieval Scottish gargoyles who awoke in late 20th century Manhattan. Over the next several years, we developed our show from that initial comedy idea into the action drama you all know and love. And when the show debuted in 1994, the fan response was instantly incredible, eventually spawning toys, collectibles, conventions, and multiple comic book series. Over time, those comic books have become, unfortunately, almost impossible to get, costing hundreds of dollars on auction and collector sites. There are so many fans who want to read those classic tales but have no way to find back-issue copies. But now, as we're getting ready to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Gargoyles, we have the opportunity to collect these old comics produced decades ago by Marvel and SLG into three beautiful deluxe editions for all of you and our incredible supporters. These editions have been meticulously restored from the books that are long out of print, and they've been compiled into softcover, hardcover, signed editions, and even super rare Gargoyles 30th anniversary limited editions for your reading pleasure and immaculate display on your bookshelf. The anniversary editions are the gold standard, literally wrapped in leather with a gilded gold paper and foil stamping will be the gem of your Disney collection. These stories are a wonderful time capsule into Gargoyles history, and include single issues from the Canon SLG run that were never published as individual comic books. The Bad Guys series is especially hard to find and was only collected in the trade paperbacks published back in 2009. Being able to finally give fans the fully remastered comic series is something I've wanted to do for years. And that's not all. We have special limited edition comics, lithographs, original hand-drawn commissioned art by Jay Lee and Amanda Connor. I'm especially excited to be part of this Kickstarter project because it gives Disney fans from all over the world a chance to pre-order and reserve these books and be a part of this wonderful return of gargoyles to comics. 
We want all of the Gargoyle Nation to share in the celebration with us as we bring back long out of print tales and continue the Gargoyle story with brand new legends. So please let your friends know. Thank you for your continued support and excitement over Gargoyles. It's because of all of you fans that we have the chance to revisit this special series with these beautiful collections, as well as our brand new comics from Dynamite. Thanks. Well, it looks good, but yeah, the leather and gold has got to be expensive. Yeah, so uh, the first thing they've got, matter of fact, let me let me go back and make it just turn down. Uh, this is the 30th anniversary collection. Three volumes, four unique editions. Um, somewhere in all these ridiculous boxes I have, there is, I do have a Gargoyles number one that they showed from like the original run. Uh, I don't even want to know how much it's worth because I'd probably just sell it. <laughs> uh, this is volume one, soft cover, hard cover, signed hard cover, deluxe hard cover, and the same thing. Uh, I'm sure some of that half million dollars that they've raised just about uh, have gone, to, there's going to be at least five people in that queue that, uh, our cover collectors and have to have one of every cover for everything. Yeah. But I, I find it funny that when companies, even small press, like, like dynamite or, uh, you know, IDW or, you know, scout, whoever, whenever they do a Kickstarter, uh, they don't refer to it as crowdfunding. They refer to it as uh pre-order. You're pre-ordering on a crowdfunding site, but it's just a pre-order. Don't worry about it. It's just a so it's coming out. Yeah. Whether you want to get it now or later. Yeah. So if you get all three of the hardcovers, which are uh <laughs> you get this really cool looking fake like, treasure crate. Yeah. That the books go in. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and it costs how much? <laughs> oh my god. Hold on. <laughs> uh, Gargoyles limited edition number one gold foil, which is a reprint of the, the original one, is like fifteen dollars. That's not bad. Uh, the purple foil is fifteen. There's a purple foil edition, which is fifteen. Uh, then there's thirtieth uh, anniversary uh, collection volume three trade paperback is twenty five. Uh, volume one, thirtieth anniversary. Trade paperback is 35. Uh, volume two is 35. Those are the two big ones. And the third one was like, you know, a smaller run. Yeah. Uh, and That's this a is, signed one, right? The third one was. Yeah. These are the heart. There's, uh, yeah. Well, there's. Oh, no, no. Soft, no yeah. It's soft cover, hard cover, signed hard cover. And then there's and a luxe hard cover, which is these. Okay, we're uh, talking about volume one, volume two, volume three. I got you. Yeah. So uh, these are the trade paperbacks. Uh, the uh, the Matrix here, uh, which is like the bad guys uh, volume that he talked about in the video. That hardcover is volume three. That's $35. Uh, 
Then there's Gargoyle number one Dynamite Series seven pack, which is $38. So it's like, you know, a blank purple cover, blue, Richard, you know, all the colors of the rainbow, different foils, different backgrounds. Uh, then there's uh, the hardcover uh, volume one of Gargoyles is 45 and volume two is 45. Then signed Gargoyles volume three is $50. Um, Gargoyle's J. Lee art print is $50. It's a nice print, too, by the way. Uh, yeah. The Amanda Connor Limited uh, art cover is $50. Um, Gargoyle's number one David Nakamara uh, Limited art cover is $50. Signed Gargoyle's uh, 30th Anniversary Volume 1 is $70. Volume two is $70. Uh, signed, Jay Lee's Gargoyle uh, signed litho is $90. All three Gargoyles trade paperbacks are $95. Uh, Gargoyle sketch cover, original black and white art are $99 a piece. Uh, the David Nakamura uh, metal cover is $100. All three Gargoyles hardcovers are $125. Uh, Gargoyles sketch cover color art is $150. All three signed Gargoyles hardcovers are $190. Uh, connecting Gargoyle sketch cover set is $499. Um, 30th anniversary signed Gargoyles volume one hardcover, which is this one right here, the purple one, $500. Uh, volume two is $500. Volume three is $500. So all three for $1,500. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Connor uh, Gargoyles 9x12 Commission is $500. Um, I would probably rather spend $500 on, a, on an art commission from Amanda Connor than, than that. Although Jimmy and Amanda uh, did a cover for my friend Andrew, uh, who I got the big Galactus uh, Hasbro Pulse box from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of his comic. Uh, so, of course, uh, Jimmy did the did the finishes and Amanda did like all the all the layouts. So there's there's a hot chick with a with a with a basketball shaped badonka donk on the cover, uh, and that's where uh, Andrew decided he was going to sign his name to me. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> it was on the right cheek. I'm like, great. Uh, Signed and remarked Gargoyles uh, Gilsey is $1,000. The 30th anniversary treasure chest Gargoyles set is $1,500. So, it, so it's like, well, if they're paying $1,500, we might as well give them this fake 
what what they think is like a, a plastic chest, which is probably just like a put put it yourself together cardboard box with with nice printing work done on it. Yeah, for fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, Jay Lee Gargoyles nine by twelve commissions are one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. All three Gargoyles hardcovers are one hundred and forty, and that's the end of that. Yeah, that's some big money. I didn't realize there were that many Gargoyle fans out there. Um, I have two of the NECA figures, which are like amazing. Yeah, I've seen the NECAs. They're they're cool. Um, but the Goliath's dog actually comes with <laughs> an extra piece for Goliath because. If you remember the cartoon, at some point, uh, if he had his wings folded down, it would basically be like him wearing, you know, a bat Batman's cape. Yeah. Like his wings fold into like the cape. Yeah. Well, the cape comes with the dog, so you have to buy the dog to get the cape. Uh, the dog himself is is not anything to write home about. You know, it's a it's a it's a decent sculpt, but it's you know it's nothing to write home about. But you're getting you're getting you're buying the wings and getting the dog. Yeah. Oof. Well, at least that dog won't shit all over my floors. Hi, Harley. Good thing we named the dog after a after a villain. It just seems apropos. She gets mad, growls and barks at me and, and drops the landmine. But yeah, it it's cool looking and you know some people have more of a fondness for for gargoyles than than you yes uh, obviously obviously uh you're <laughs> not you're not you're like it was okay yeah i'm not i'm not the target audience for this one <laughs> i i am not the target audience and i'm like and i mean if it was cheap enough it was like but if you buy all three get it for this like if there was a deal to be had you know there's no deals to be had because this is this isn't just dynamite. This is this is Disney money through dynamite. Yeah. So it's like, well, we're, we're losing our shirt on everything else. We've got a we've got a uh, we've got a built-in audience of Disney heads out there that are going to buy this stuff. Uh, no matter how much it costs. Yeah. Oh yeah. They'll, if they want they want to do something cool, do us a damn Incredibles comic book. Yeah. Really. I mean, I'm telling you, I'd read that crap all day. Uh, It'd be a lot more fun, yeah. Uh, just imagine the Incredibles in comic book form would basically be like a comedic version of the boys. Maybe. To 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 an extent. Just just the way the dynamic interacts and stuff. Yeah. Like, um Oh, so all right. Let's get this. Let's get this Wally Wood book up here. Let's get this Wally Wood book up here. Do uh, do, and I pulled a William. There it is. Yeah, it's in the middle of the storyline. Yes, <laughs> it's actually the end of the storyline. Thank God. <laughs> so, uh, I was what? like, "Damn it! Can you see it?" Well, well, yeah. Well, uh, we're just gonna tell you right now. Anybody watching this? Uh, or listening to this, we're about to give you wood. Wally <laughs> <Damn> wood. <it. laughs> 
He is so good, man. People just don't. They don't. They they do not understand the amount of stuff this man drew in his short life and mm-hmm. the quality. I mean, he's not he's not as flashy as some of the other people, but it's just damn dude, it's awesome. But I saw this. My my copy's in better shape than the digital copy I found us to read. And dude, fucker Vandal Savage beating the hell out of Superman. I was like, what in the hell is going on? Um, my only beef with this issue was the Star Spangled Kid. <laughs> the Star Spangled Kid. I forgot about him. Um and for some reason. Paul Levitz didn't want to name anything technical in any of his <laughs> dialogue for him. And he's supposed to he's supposed to be like this super genius and yes. and all this other stuff. Uh he does not carry around the cosmic rod in this. In no, this he doesn't story. even have it. Nope. He's got a cosmic doohickey on his belt. <laughs> yeah. And he calls it that. And I'm like, oh <laughs> damn it. Uh, I'm like, somebody send the Cosmic Kid uh, one of those t-shirts from the Dicky Doo Club. The Dicky Doo Club, but yeah. When your belly sticks out further than your Dicky Doo. Oh my God. So, his uh, All-Star, All-Star Comics uh, with the Super Squad number 65, 30 cent, and it is from 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, and where was that? Oh, it shows us on the next page, but yeah. So the the story starts out, and we find out that it's freaking fourteen hundred years in the past. It's like six hundred A.D. Vandal Savage has captured Superman and Power Girl in some kind of trapped cylinder, mm-hmm. and they're in the castle at Camelot. So they're there with King Arthur, and they can't and I was like, it. cool. And then they 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 take off from Kim. I'm like, we missed the best part. We missed <laughs> we missed the squad at Camelot. Yeah, it's in the the issue before this. I did not know that. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, I do love the gray haired Superman, dude. It's yes. Oh which, my god! Which was my beef about that that new set where McFarlane jacked his prices up to forty dollars a figure. Yeah. Uh, for the crisis figures, he made a Superman, and and the body on it, the sculpt for the body was like really good. Yeah. Uh, but the head is just you know, Terrible. average Joe uh, constipated face. <laughs> and I'm like, this is supposed to be Crisis. The big thing about Crisis is, is it took everybody from the Golden Age on through. Yes. George Perez drew, drew every single character that had ever appeared in an issue of DC Comics, no matter. How obscure he drew them at some point, whether they were small, big, you know, part of a background scene. He drew every single character that DC has ever used in in Crisis. Yeah, it's like eight thousand characters or some craziness. It's stupid. yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Yes, and uh, real quick, they they just released the. Uh, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League game, which is bombing everywhere because it's so terrible. Um, it hasn't been released in the UK yet, 
and it's already on sale for 37% off in the UK. Oh my, is it like a, what kind the of only, game is it? It's like a console game. Oh, okay, console game. Um, the only reason people were pre-ordering it is because everybody thought it was Kevin Conroy's last work as Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns out it's his last video game work as Batman. But there's two other, other I saw that projects. One of which is already out and I hate it already. Um excuse me. Is the uh their animated Crisis on Infinite Earths where in part 1 Kevin Conroy plays Batman but it's Batman from the animated series. So they oh. they they threw that instead of him instead of him being just regular Batman, they drew him up so it was Batman from the animated, the animated series. series. Um, my beef with it is you had one of the most epic stories that DC's ever done. You didn't have to change anything. No. But they did. I don't know how much stuff they changed, but I I know that <coughs> the monitor uh, had the cursed be being of Pariah and Harbinger with him all the time. Harbinger was his was his Mara Jade, basically. Yeah. In old Star Wars canon, uh, except it's not. It's Supergirl now. We don't that character doesn't exist anymore, so we don't want anybody being confused by it. I go, well, you just put her in and people watch it and they figure out who she is. And there's something called the, you know, Google and the internet. They could just Google the character. And figure Harbinger out who from she DC is. Comics. And you know, you'll know. But uh that was my big beef with that. I go, why? Why would you make something animated in multiple parts and then it comes out like showrunners from uh the cw wrote the damn thing and now back to our regular scheduling program now that the rant's over <laughs> the rant's over what a so, point, at least so we found out that vandal savage has trapped them in this spherical prison in the past and they both can't get out, so they decide to come up with the, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to attack this side, and you attack that side, and we'll see if we can split this prison because we yeah. weren't strong enough to break it, attack the old, it one side. The old break the egg trick, yeah. So they do it, and, of course, it works. They manage to get out. The combined stress might just do it apart. It tore it apart, cousin. Um, I don't know. I can't remember who did this first. I know Kirby did this kind of, yeah. um, you know, real heavy line work, you know, graphic stuff yeah, in a right. lot of the early Fantastic Four. But mm -hmm. I don't know if it was if it was Kirby that started this or if it was with Storanko. Yeah. Um, but it's all over this book, and it's amazing. It's really good. So, yeah, they break out, and... Uh, uh when they get when they break out they like get transported to the future 
um, some futuristic world, and then there it is, the master pan of uh, Vandal Savage. So Paul Levitz is the dialogue here. Wally Wood does plot and arts. He pretty much did everything. Um, mm -hmm. And Liz Brew does her coloring. And Paul Levitz was an amazing writer. Uh, yes. You know, just his work in Legion of Superheroes alone was, like, fantastic. And when they, they brought him back about 10, 15 years ago when they tried relaunching Legion again. Yeah. And they did, uh, they did a Legion of Superheroes book uh, back to back with a, uh, they brought back Adventure Comics. So it was like Legion stories once in a while, they put like something, you know, oddball in it with them. And then they just ended up doing, yeah, we're just going to do more stories about different Legionnaires in Adventure Comics. So it's going to be all Legion. It yeah. only lasted for about a year, but it was. Good and they canceled it. Yeah. Yep. Like everything. We're going to so, relaunch it. Number one's get more money. Damn it. Oh, so this flying damn spaceship attacks Superman and Power Girl. And of course, you know, here, you know, I'll, you know, Superman manages to leap into it and smash it all to pieces. Of course, it's Golden Age Superman. That's what yes. he did. He leapt. He, he doesn't fly. fly. He leapt. Yes. Uh, and then he, you know, of course, he lands. And uh, when he gets there, Superman and Power Girl are talking to this. Uh, like scientists, you know, Vandal Savage has ter uh, 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 tyrannized our world, Superman. He's destroyed our government and killed our leaders and turned our people into slaves. Follow me and I'll lead you to your foe. And uh, Power Girl's like, uh, this seems a little damn suspicious when they're walking down the, the hallway. <laughs> yes, it has all the warning signs of a trap. And uh, we get more of that cool ass you know, just graphic artwork. And mm. Vandal Savage has managed to get two antimatter spheres that are coming together down the damn hallway. The guy was a hologram. Why they didn't see that? Both of these people have supervision. They should have freaking figured it out. This is not a real person. But instead, they didn't. So the spheres go to them. And, um, and you thought the, the boulder that chased Indiana Jones was bad. Yeah, these are terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, confused reader, we thought so. We'll turn this to, uh, to the intermittent world's past, the 6th century. So, they head back, and we get to the past where we see uh, King Jay Arthur Garrett. is actually in jail. And then yeah. Jay Garrett, the original Flash, who lets him out. And then we discover that Merlin... Uh, had you know sorcerer's powers and all this, but Vandal Savage has somehow gotten Merlin the magician's skills and is using it, uh, and has sent all the rest of the JSA into the future. But Jay Garrick's like, I think I kind of know where they were. You know, I I was only semi-conscious when Savage vanished, but there was a futuristic scene, and your cue just pointed me to it. Thanks, Your Majesty. So he uses his super speed to crash through the time barrier to go to the future. Motherfucker, he is fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse my language. The fastest man alive. And he just shows up in the future. Um, but even he doesn't know exactly where they are. So it's like he's having to go into the future and stop and see if they're there and then move again. 
Meanwhile, win a haystack. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Superman and Power Girl are stuck between these two damn spears of antimatter, and they're getting dizzy um, because it's draining their powers. And they they finally just say screw it. They break through the wall, um, mm. and the spears do crash together and damn near destroy the castle. Um, and at this point, our villain finally shows up. Damn big-ass uh, holographic projection of his head. Vandal Savage, I've been with you since you first arrived here and shall remain until your dying breath. <laughs> and, of course, with his projected image, he does have electric powers here. So he zaps Power Girl and captures her. So farewell, Superman. I'll finish you off later in another place in another manner. Fast for for in my 50,000 years of existence, no one has accused Vandal Savage of being unimaginative. <laughs> so he captures Power Girl and takes her ass off. Um, of course, Savage, uh, as he takes her away, Superman leaps again to go after him. But his strength is not all there. And he falls and crashes through a damn building. He, he he pulled his best impression of Captain Leadbottom. Captain Leadbottom. <laughs> I, all right. I think I, we were talking about this last week, but this is an awesome panel. Dude, to yeah. draw that, him getting up, you know, weak as though I am, something sealing my strength. But he still, you know, just the way it looks how a person's supposed to be getting up. Yeah, you you look at that panel and like examine it up close. This would be uh, the closest to this would be if you watch the old George Reeves Superman show, and he was getting up from the ground because he got hit with like kryptonite or or yeah. whatever. It's like you can see it right there on that panel. It's amazing, but I I was just like dumbfounded. Yeah. Uh, so Superman manages to get up after he falls through the damn building. He says, weekend or not, I'll still find Power Girl wherever she is. And then we get the Earth question. He doesn't even know where the hell he is. He just knows he's in the future at this point. Uh, the, pro the problem is what's powering this ship. Yes. <laughs> I have no, yeah, he has no idea. Uh, and, and why isn't he dead already? <laughs> exactly. Uh, of course, now here's here's our man Jay, who's like he's going forward again. He's like, man, I still they're not here, they're not here again. Nope, I better return to Camelot and wait for them, wait and hope. So he kind of is like he gives up, and he goes back to Camelot after going through space. Mm -hmm. And then I almost want to read the next issue just to see what the hell happens here. We get Golden Age Green Lantern, Alan Scott. Was he rich, super rich and famous back in the day? He had he had some cake. Really? I yeah. I did not remember that. Um, um, well, most of the stories were just, you know, him being heroic and saving people and the World War II stuff. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, when they would do character development on him, he was like maybe two tiers below Bruce Wayne. Really? So that's the thing. So he's in Gotham. And they're taking, you know, that's the end. Gotham Broadcasting, they're taking it all away from me. 30 years of building, and it's gone in an hour. 
you know, I was out fighting crime with the JSA when I should have been watching my investments and now it's not mine anymore. So he had a freaking TV station and someone is taking it I, from me. I think I think at some point during like, you know, on the Earth 2 Golden Age era, World War II, forever stuff. Yeah. Um, I think at some point he ends up owning WGBS. Where oh, sweet. Where in the Clark in the in the future, Clark left the planet to go work. Yeah. You know, there. Um uh also to point out, uh, this is the original Alan Scott. Yes. The not gay Alan Scott. <laughs> the I have two children, Alan Scott. Opposed to what you read in modern DC comics. Which and then when people don't different. like it because they they know and love a legacy character for so long and then you go on. He's going to be this, this, and this, and none of this. Yeah. Why? And then the, then the writer of that book uh, pops on Twitter and starts screaming at the fans because it's their fault. His book isn't selling. <laughs> so he, uh, he's, he's upset. He's lost his fortune and everything. And, you know, uh, how to save the world and be a bankrupt. Be, be, how to save the bankrupt and be the world and be bankrupted as a reward. I wonder where, where the justice is in that. And then we've got somebody who's like, there's no justice, Greenland. Not even you can really believe in justice anymore. And, you know, continued more on next issue. I'm like, who in the hell yeah. is this? I want to find out who this is and what's going on. Yes. But this is this is classic. This is classic comics. This is you know, mm -hmm. this is what made you buy the next damn issue. Because you needed to find out. It's because like watching like two, the soaps. Like like one to three panels would be like this, and then the other would be like, find out what's really going on. Yeah. Next issue. Right there. More on this next issue, reader. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> Superman gets up and <laughs> Vandal Savage's robots are pretty much beating the living hell out of him. <laughs> He's uh, excellent. He's weakened state. Superman is no match for my robot servants. Um, you know, enough. Take him to, to the arena area. You see, my my dear, and how powerless your cousin become. Both of you are losing your strength here on this world. My world with the kryptonite um, suns. So somehow the suns are giving off a low-level kryptonite radiation. Not just one, multiple. Yeah. Um, and it's weakening. After my last defeat on Earth, I became convinced that I could not regain my lost immortality naturally, so I built this world to steal it back. Okay. This is from the Ollies, too. I think I showed you, but I'm not sure. I bought the 75 years of Flash stories. Greatest, like, greatest Flash hardcover. There, it was like eight bucks or something. So I bought it. <laughs> yeah. And he's talking about here. Yeah, after my last defeat on Earth, one. See, Flash 235. Flash 235 is reprinted in that book. I actually am going to read it next. Because at the end of that book, like a meteorite or some crap crashes into Vandal Savage from like the Justice League cartoon where mm -hmm. he, you know, he gets pulled up and Wonder Woman's like, take his ass away and he can't die. Apparently 
he damn near dies. So yeah, um, I can't regain my immortality. So I built this world to steal it back. A pity you can't stay awake to appreciate my scheme. But then I couldn't calculate on how, how a strong effect the kryptonite would have on you. So she's weakened as well. And she's here. And we discover that his damn machine that he has above her is actually siphoning off her power and sending it to him. So not only has Superman been weakened that way, Vandal Savage is stealing Power Girl's power. Uh, and he wakes him up in the arena. Welcome back to the land of the living, Superman, for the last time. Vandal Savage, at last I found you. No, Superman, I found you and brought you here to my world where your strength is sapped by the very air. And now that you're weak into the point of an ordinary mortal, I'm going to steal your superhuman life force and use it to restore my immortality. He's going to yeah. take Superman's power, somehow make himself immortal. And then this is a badass fight. Dude, he even does a flying Kirk kick. Mm-hmm. That's classic. <laughs> yes. And, of course, uh, Merlin is here. He's watching, you know, in some kind of, like, magic mirror or something. I don't know how long I'll be free, but I must act. Uh, in my hand, uh, this hand weapon is all I could find for you, Hawk Knight. I, I thought that was Hawkman at first, and then when I... You know, I saw this and like, yep, it's Hawkman. What about my wings, Merlin? They'd serve me better. I fear the wings are destroyed. Watch out, Merlin. <laughs> so, uh, of course, he gets zapped and gets sent back. And Hawkman, in turn, uses the ray gun to destroy the robot and then jumps out of the building. This is cool. Because um, I always remember his belt actually canals the gravity and he uses the wings to propel himself in the air. Yep. So the nymph metal. The nymph metal. So he's just floating. Essentially, he's, he's like weightless. He jumps out and uses his hands to just land around the whole city and get away from the robots. Um, he heads out, dude. This is that's pretty cool art too to me. Um, he he does have to get to the top of this damn building because there's no way in at the issue at the bottom while he's mm -hmm. trying to you know, save Superman and everything else. And he blasts handholes in the wall and climbs it up. Of course, he drains the damn blaster and has to actually take out the guards by hand. Um, and he heads, you know, uh, still, I'm glad your guys are here. You're guarding something. And this interestingly looks exactly what I looked for, a ticket to Vandal Savage's lab. And of course, on the way there, he runs into your man, the Star Spangled Kid. Yeah. <laughs> With this cosmic doohickey on his belt. Yeah. Is that you? Come on, get me out of here. These crazy gimmicks are draining the power of my cosmic converter. Patience, patience. I want to enjoy this minute first. I think it's my, the only my doohickey. Time, yeah. I've ever <laughs> asked you for help for anything. Uh funny, funny wingless wonder. If you want to keep that up, you can grow your own feathers. Usually I make wings for my friends. So for whatever, because I, I can't remember Star Spangled Kid's powers, but apparently he can make matter and other objects. You'd have to tell us exactly what his powers are. Uh, I don't even know. You don't even know? But in this um, case... Well, because they've, they've changed over the years. Yeah. But, you know, 
think of in in this iteration, uh, he's basically Forge. So yeah, but with superpowers. With superpowers, um, which will eventually in include the cosmic rod. So yes. So in this cage, I'll make an exception. So Vandal Savage is murdering Superman. So he's pretty much broadcasting it everywhere because Vandal's a villain. He wants everybody to see him killing Superman. Um, and they, you know, of course, now they head out to save Superman. Dude, this is a cool scene, too. They're not there, but you can see them leap into action as Superman's getting the hell beat out of him. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's another damn, that is so damn good. Just awesome. Um, so, you know, each passing moment, Superman, you'll weaken more and more until you die. You know, he beating the hell out of him. And finally, Hawkman and, um, Starfake kid do show up. And of course, when he does, Vandal Savage just leaps at Hawkman and uh, meanwhile, the cosmic kid, he calls it his cosmic converter. Yeah. Um, cosmic converter belt in the saddle. I don't know how long the Hawkman can hold Savage off. He actually creates a, like, helmet to keep the radiation or whatever it is out of Superman from him not breathing. So he gets a lot of his strength back. And he could now he can attack Vandal Savage and take him out, while Power Girl um, is still being drained of her power. The Cosmic Kid hunting her down, or yeah, Star Spangled Kid hunting her down, finds it, and then he saves her from that. Dude, Superman, Golden Age Superman wasn't playing. I know I've read some of these old books, and he never does, but he picks him up and slams his ass into a wall. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Almost splitting him in half, and, and then he does. Then he does the Samson move. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Yeah. He freaking slams his ass through the wall, picks up some damn pieces of the wall, crushes all these robots, and yes, he does the Samson move. And they even mention it. He brings the whole damn arena down. And while he does that, Vandal Savage is like shit failed again so he hauls ass away um my plans have been ruined by these meddling fools you haven't won yet superman when i when i reach my control panel but he never does this is another thing i'm like what the hell why this is like why i was looking them up i wanted to read the next one vandal savage is trying to get to his control panel to stop superman and everyone and somebody just like shows up kind of zaps his ass or something and pulls him into this black hole and disappears. Yep. Yeah, that was an incredible rescue Savage pulled off. And Superman's like, I don't think it was planned. Those strangers seem to drag Savage through that warp. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing him again. I'm more interested in seeing home again. Let's get back to Camelot, pick up Flash and Shining Knight, and close the books on this mess. And then... Here's another dang um prologue. Catman shows up and he's going to talk to, uh, was it uh, Dr. Midnight or Hour Man? I saw it. Didn't you Hour say Man, it? I think. Yeah, I think it's Hour Man. And he just zaps his ass. 
Yeah, um, I'm like, and it, it goes into an, an injustice versus the justice society story. Yes. And I'm like, where, the did three bad, issues that where did bad our man come from? And I'm like, you know, something's up because right next to him is the icicle. Yes. <laughs> By the injustice society. And poor poor cat man hasn't really got any powers other than he can beat the hell out of people. <laughs> uh, and, and the best thing about Catman is when they when they use him in animation, that it's uh, it's the CO from uh, oh what's that that war movie, the gruff guy. Stanley Kubrick war movie. Oh, 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 uh, it's uh, Arlie. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, Arlie Ermy. Yeah, he he he's the one that they got to voice Wildcat, which yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Sadly, he left us. Yeah. But uh, I've damn, I started looking them up after I finished reading issues. So I'm like, I need to read the rest of these because this is an awesome ass run. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, this is this was like so good. I'm like, oh, cool, because I I know how you are with, with you know anything Wally Wood and the dude and. There's know, some but, artist I just really like. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's some artists that I like, and then then I really like, and then I love, and then I'm like, you're awesome. Yeah. Uh, you 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 go from like to you're awesome. <laughs> you skip a whole step. I'm like, well, you know, it's it's legit, but damn it, like like a like a certain Superman artist that you're like. Uh, who's, we who's shall not like mention five. his name. <laughs> go ahead, mention his name. It's like you know he's got five of them, so. <laughs> Damn. No, I'm not doing it. Just you have to be a long time listener of the show to know who we're talking about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll just call him Joe. Joe. <laughs> yep, you could call him Joe. But yeah, that there was like four or five panels in here that just were. I mean, you can tell they're. Damn, dude. And the fact is, is he was probably cranking out what three, four books a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like Kirby. Kirby crunk, crunk out, you know, 10 books a month, you know, with a broken arm. And, <laughs> and now we get we get two books from one artist. We're like, man, you must be working your ass off. <laughs> well, Kirby did that because he was afraid he'd end up back at D.C. again. <laughs> I'm not ready to go back there yet. Uh, damn it. Uh, but no, I did enjoy this. And I sadly looked them up. To see how much they were. Like I said, they're probably $10 box books for decent copies. Um, $20 for nice copies. But uh, Wally Wood did most of them. I was like, damn it. And, and of course, visually, the only thing disappointing in this book, uh, this was prior to uh, PG getting that booby window. So the boob window? <laughs> the boob window wasn't there yet. Yep. So... Next week, we're going to start Born Again. Born Again. By the Ma by the Maz. By, by the Maz in uh, 
the the Malar. The um, they're doing a new printing of that I saw the other day mm-hmm. that has, of course, it's like the deluxe born again artist Aren't edition. They always yes, <laughs> but um, it contains the the entire born again storyline, but the issue before born again or maybe it's one or two issues before that is a um the first time that frank miller and mazzuccelli work on daredevil and it's like a daredevil versus gladiator story i think it is and it's reprinted in there too it's like printed in the back as um they're like so you get the full born again storyline and this one just so you get the complete run that they worked on the character with well I've got, I've got the entire uh, Frank Miller Daredevil. Yeah. Like the, the red leather edition. Uh, but I opted to finally open the Born Again hardcover. And I had forgotten. Like, I, I knew. I, I've read it like three or four times. Like since yeah. It's uh, so I know, you know. The big key pe- the big key moving pieces and 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 what happens uh but i forgot judas was on page one yeah and i'm like yeah that's how it starts we're starting there i yeah, forgot we, you know it was like, yeah we start at you know at the worst part of her damn life mm-hmm. um but it's uh it's and the art's just so amazing mazzuccelli is great the thing that gets me though is as great as born again is and it is probably the best daredevil story written um is the denny o'neill mazzuccelli run before that yeah which people don't talk about they're always in dollar boxes five dollar boxes and they are freaking amazing my favorite my my favorite one of my single favorite comics of all time which we did on like the second podcast we ever did like 10 years ago whenever we started was uh daredevil 220. Mm-hmm. the one with uh glenn in it yeah where she or what heather where she hangs herself well, actually, she doesn't hang herself if you read the book, but that's in that run. And, you know, you there's a signed copy on eBay now I've been watching. I'm thinking about picking up. It's signed by Jim Shooter for $19. It's near mint. Yeah. Yeah. It, it almost costs as much to ship it as it does to buy the book. Um, it's like 10 it's like ten dollars. I mean, it's for shipping and handling. But I'm like, why? I mean, I, why do people just skip that crap over? I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Spectacular Spider-Man. We have never read an issue of Spectacular Spider-Man on the show that I can remember. Ever? Did we? Did we? Which one? Oh no, no, the Santa Claus one. Uh, Santa Claus one was amazing. I think. And uh, no, like issue four, like the first spectacular story with Vulture. Okay. Okay. So, 
All right, well, we read those, but that's it. But people, all those are always thrown in the damn dollar boxes. Mm -hmm. And if you get in there and read it, the art is all amazing. And then the thing is, is you get to, you've read the Sin Eater storyline, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, where Sin Eater kills, uh, is, he, is it Betty Bryant he kills? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he just shows up in the office looking for Jay, uh, Jay Jonah Jameson, and Betty's yeah. there. She's just an innocent bystander, and he blows her ass away. And Spider-Man just goes off the deep end. Because, you know, she just killed his friend. And he chases her down. But, yeah, that's all that stuff's in there. And people just, oh, it's not amazing. You people are stupid. Uh, plus, like, mid midway through that book, because uh, there were, like, a few different artists that went back and forth on Spectacular, like, early on. Yeah. But there's a big chunk in there. Uh, some little-known guy, uh, I think his last name is Busema, that yeah. did the art for that for years and years and years. Yeah. Sal did a bunch of that. Mm -hmm. A massive amount. And yep. then, uh, was it Milgram did it? Milgram's in there. That The first Daredevil story by Frank Miller ever is in, is in Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, the crossover. Um, because it's the crossover. It's like 27 and 28. But, I don't know. That's what we fuss about all the time, though. There's a lot of really good key books that people want but there's a lot of stuff that people can read out of the dollar bin if you really want great stories. Yeah. Well, go dollar bin diving. Save your money. Don't, don't, you know, there's a, you can, you can use the free key collector app or even if you pay like a couple of bucks so you get like everything unlocked a month that you can look and, and they list out like keys, but you know, keys that like I can even afford. Uh, because they're like, you know, it's a key, but nobody's after this right now because it's only a $10 book. But you might want to keep an eye. When they tell you, when when they tell you, you might want to keep an eye on it, it's like, you might want to go buy like two or three copies of that. That way you have one and then you can sell the other one. So, yeah. Well, when we went to the comic book convention a couple weeks ago and I bought the, I bought that first Spider-Woman everybody was telling me oh my god when when spider woman comes out and madam webb or whatever that book's going to be worth so much money it didn't look very good the trailer it's it, okay it's sony it's another spider-man movie without spider-man yeah how do you think it's gonna look exactly but yeah, they were all telling me how that book's going to skyrocket in value. Well, I probably will if the if the if the movie TV show catches on. But I it's, wanted it because it's a first appearance of Spider Woman. Yeah, it's the spectac it's the spectator market that as soon as they announce something, that storyline or appearance or whatever goes to the it roof. hits the roof, and then when the trailer drops. <laughs> kind of like that taxi episode where Ig Iggy discovered Pac-Man in the garage. Ooh, woo, woo. I saw 
the best thrill of my life for oh my god <laughs> saw talking about pac-man i saw something the other day that like in the 1980s pac-man made eight billion dollars in quarters in, in like 86 or something right after it came out i'm like that's the stupid amount of money in quarters can you imagine well because i'm you know if this show wasn't you know uh a tell-all uh I'm living in the past because I'm Gen X. <laughs> when things, when most things were a lot better, uh, and because so I, I, I haven't joined all the Gen X groups because there's like a hundred, hundred thousand of them or whatever. Yeah, but I've joined like two or three, like one for humor and one is like you know, nostalgia, retro, nostalgia like retro shows and stuff like that. Uh, somebody shared a video clip. I had completely forgotten that they turned Pac-Man into a friggin' Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, yes, they did, didn't they? Oh, I forgot that crap. He was part of the Qbert Power Hour because Qbert had a show too. No, he didn't. And so and so did Rubik Cube. The Rubik Cube. It I had don't like remember a squeaky voice. And he would like do magic stuff and Disappear. Okay. I do not remember that. I do not remember Cubert, and I do not remember no Ruby's Cube. I remember the Pac-Man because he had to eat the stupid little pebbles. Yeah. It was on the same animation style as uh, the Smurfs or the Gummy Bears. Mm -hmm. uh, they were planning uh, to actually cancel Saturday morning cartoons the year that Smurfs came up, but Smurfs was such a huge hit for them. They let it go on for like a few more years. I can still feel the knife twisting in my back that first Saturday morning with the big bowl of fruity pebbles, uh, you know, a couple of action figures and, and, and a handful of comics ready and, for Saturday morning cartoons. And they didn't come on. And they, and they I'm like, Whoa. thank yeah. God we had UHF channels, all three of them. <laughs> so at least we could like... That's when I got big into the spaghetti westerns because there was nothing else to watch. So yeah. you watch a couple of spaghetti westerns, like you know, Rifle Man and you know, High Chaparral or you know, whatever. We'll and see. Then we go out and play. We come back for lunch, and then we would either all pile into one person's house or another right after we all went home for lunch to watch the creature double feature. The creature double feature. I just, I was talking to somebody the other day and I, we were talking about old cartoons and this kind of stuff. And I said, the thing that's got you is you, on Saturday mornings, they'd always show the new cartoons were like from 10 to 12. You remember? Yeah. And then from say five to 10 was the old stuff. And they would progressively get newer as it went along until you got mm -hmm. to the brand new, you know. And then at 12 o'clock was like Spider-Man and his amazing friends in the Incredible Hulk hour. It was yeah. like the last damn show. So you had to be there to that. But I said, what I always got is I had to get up at like five o'clock in the morning to sneak down to start watching to watch Johnny Quest. Like five o'clock would be Johnny Quest. Yes. For me here too. And uh, six o'clock would be speed racer speed racer yes name one cartoon that didn't hold up well through time speed racer 
still has the coolest car next to the 66 Batmobile. But, and a couple of people who actually built the car. Like, yes. they've got, like, the arms that bring the, the, the buzz saws, like, out of the front. And I'm like, it was still the coolest car. I've got one of the big ones like this of the, of the Mach 5 because they were making figures right before they released the really bad computer-generated movie, which was, like, trash. Um, they did, I didn't get I didn't get the Racer X one, you know, secretly his brother, uh, his dead brother, Racer X, yeah. Um, but I got I got the Mach Five like that. I got small small die cast ones like uh, like five or six inches long of Mach Five and uh, the Racer X car. But uh, the uh, the the big Mach Five. Uh, my daughter had taken it out of the box and started playing with it. Oh, God. I, when she was little, I took it back. Why can't I play with that? I go, because you drive like your mother. <laughs> you drive like your mother. You'll be done hit something. Besides wipe the damn median. <laughs> she never met a curb she didn't She didn't hit. So I'm like, God. <laughs> At least if I hit a curb, I was in a four-wheel drive. Oh. I'm going to that. So next week we're gonna start on uh on on the Daredevil run. So yep. We'll be back next with that and uh we'll just keep going from there. So thanks thanks everybody for tuning in and who will tune in after the fact to uh rewatch the show at a at a later time. Um I noticed uh last week we had like 16 or 17 people that watched the show on youtube uh 20 plus on x another 20 on another 20 something on rumble uh a couple people like like on odyssey and like another about a half about a dozen people that listen to it in one form or another on audio podcast last week so uh i'd like to thank all those people for tuning in for us old coots just rambling on and going off on rants i'm gonna get a t-shirt that says rant master on it or something <laughs> rant master 2000 <laughs> i i am peter griffin and that's what grinds my gears see you next week <laughs>